Hey everybody, this is Living a Life Worth Remembering. Uh, this time we dedicate to talking about how we can live a life that continues to live on even after our own lifetime has ended, how we leave a legacy. I'm very excited about today's show uh, and what we're going to be talking about. I've actually haven't recorded in a while and the reason I haven't recorded is because I have been writing. I have been writing my new book, Praying for Rain. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. You can actually uh, if you go to Amazon now, you can see that it's available for pre-order and you can pre-order it today. But if you'll hang on till the end of this show, I'll share something very special on how you can get uh, a signed copy for free or an ebook copy for free. And I'll share that at the end. But I'm very, very excited. So let me tell you who needs to listen to this show today. If you've struggled with understanding uh, how to pray, you need to listen to this show today. If you've wanted uh, your prayer life to grow, deepen, uh, expand, uh, take some time to listen to this today because I'm going to be sharing a few things that that are part of the message of this book that will not only help you understand how to move a, a one-dimensional prayer life into a multi-dimensional prayer life, actually make it fun, exciting, not just boring, but something that God intended it to be. And you know, and if you've been asking yourself, how do I see my prayers answered? I feel like my prayers just never get answered. You're going to want to pay attention to some of the things we share today and check out the book. But I'm also equally excited because today I'm going to be kind of flipping this. Uh, I have as my special guest on here, who actually a guest interviewer, because she's going to interview me and talk to me about my my newest book, is my daughter, Ashley Caston, who also is an author who's written two books, her most recent book, Because She Prayed, came out, has done very well. But Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to be here. Awesome. Well, we're going to jump right into it. And, uh, you know, as I shared, this is kind of the first time that I've shared about the book being available and coming out. And you're going to be the first to actually hear about it and maybe the first to hear about the special offer that I'll share at the very end. But uh, uh, I'm very excited about this book uh, and very excited about what God's going to do. So Ashley, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you talk about prayer and let you interview me. Okay, that sounds good. Um, yeah, I'm really excited too about this book. Uh, so if you know my dad, if you have had any kind of conversation with him, even if it's just five minutes, prayer has probably come up in that conversation because he bleeds prayer out of him, prayer language. That's just what he always talks about his prayer and what the Lord has been speaking to him. It's the Lord is showing him. And so uh, <clears throat> I have really pulled so much wisdom from my dad just in that arena and have seen so much fruit from it in my life, how it has transformed our home. And that's actually a lot of what I have learned from him is in my book because she prayed, which is a, a book for moms on prayer. And so whether you are a mom or a grandparent, whether you are a single working, um, you know, professional, or, you know, you're a teenager, I feel like this is applicable to anybody, whatever area of life you're in. Um, because really it just helps you to understand your purpose in prayer and how to connect with the father in a very real and intimate way. That is exciting. Just like my dad said, and um, prayer doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to look like kneeling in front of a pew and, 
um, you know, going through your list of all the people that you need to pray for that are sick in your church or, you know, whatever, not that that's, that's important too, but there's so much more, uh, to it. So I'm really excited about this. So, um, yeah, so you're okay with me just taking control here. So I'm just going to take control and just shoot you some questions. I hope you're ready. You're fully in control. (laughs) (laughs) What's coming? wanted as a kid now i finally have <laughs> oh I'm, I'm in the lecture chair now right <laughs> <clears throat> okay so why don't you start just tell us okay praying for rain right it's not r-a-i-n rain it's a different kind of rain talk to us about that title yeah the the title praying for rain uh came uh, several years ago and uh it was when i really felt really deeply called to the prayer movement um, which say the prayer movement, there are so many different leaders that are part of a movement that they're, they're connected by one thing, praying and praying, uh, for, you know, God to move in this nation for a lot of things. And as I became connected to that movement, I began to understand, you know, praying for rain, R-A-I-N. And you can see in the book of James, where it talks about Elijah, He was a man just like us, and he prayed that the rain would stop, and it did, and he prayed that the rain would be turned on. And, you know, if you grew up in the country like I did around farms and stuff, you know, you'd hear the request, pray for rain. We need rain. And we serve a wonderful God. Our Heavenly Father is so wonderful that when we need things, we can come to him. But when you flip it to praying for rain, it's it's almost as if God is saying, look, you can come to me and present your request to me. I want you to. I want you to come to me when you have these things. But I also want to come to you. And my heart is not just praying for rain, which is what we need, but praying for rain, R-E-I-G-N, which is his kingdom to come and manifest in the earth. And so it became a play on words that, hey, we can pray for rain what we want, but when we go to praying for what he wants, what he desires, for his reign and kingdom, which, you know, a lot of people think, well, what's the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It is, I mean, it is his wonderful reign and peace coming into the earth. Well, all of a sudden, my prayer life switched uh, from just praying for what I wanted to praying for what he wanted. And I found out that uh, I can go to him about what I want, and that's wonderful. But when I when I go to him and get what's on his heart and begin to pray what's on his heart, even things concerning my own life, I find out that when Jesus called them and, and or taught them to pray and he said, you know, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. There's a key that we hold in this prayer. And that's where it went from one-dimensional to multi-dimensional. That's where it goes from... Uh, I can only pray for 15 minutes a day. Not if you're praying for rain. If you're praying for rain, you can find yourself hours and you haven't, it's like, you know, you're not in one room anymore. You're going throughout uh, the entire castle. If you want to use that illustration, you know, you're, you're limited to one space when you're just praying for the things you want. But when you begin to pray the father's heart and you begin to connect with him and your heart and his heart, it becomes magical. So good. Yeah. I was thinking about that as you were talking with God, you brought that up about the Lord's prayer that um, sometimes we have a hard time understanding that we read 
um, you know, the way Jesus teaches us to pray our father, which art in heaven, how, you know, we kind of think, well, that just kind of seems redundant. Like you're just kind of memorizing a prayer and throwing it out there. Um, but there's so much revelation in that. And so I'm glad that you, uh, I brought that up the way that that connects to it, really what that means to pray the father's will Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Um, <clears throat> so here's what I want to know. So for the person that's sitting here, maybe saying, okay, I feel like uh, Don here is on level 1000 and I'm starting on level one here. Like this maybe is like, Whoa, this is a lot to take in. Would you kind of talk about, maybe your prayer journey, I think that can kind of encourage a lot of people. And how did this book come to you? What did the Lord kind of um, show you as you were, as you're kind of growing in this arena? Yeah, absolutely. My, one of the chapters in the book is monsters and girlfriends where prayer begins, but it doesn't end. And uh, I was like anybody else that has journeyed in prayer early in my life. Prayer was, uh, and and thankfully, uh, it is true that God is there for us when we have fears or we have cares or even desires. But my early prayer life was basically when I was scared or upset, man, I'm going to pray or if I want something. You know, I use the term girlfriend because I remember one time praying, oh, God, I pray that this girl loves me. And thank God that prayer did not come to fruition as uh <laughs> Garth Brooks sings that very famous song. But um, but what happened was I started just discovering, I call it the mailbox. Now, see, prayer for me early on was like the, the mailbox you go by the post office and you drop your mail off. That's what prayer was like for me. I'm dropping it off. I'm dropping it off. But it became like God saying, no, it's like your mailbox. I want you to I want you to open up what I'm sending back to you. And so early on, it began to move into a conversation. It began to move into communion. And that's really, you know, the, the greatest thing that our prayer life brings uh, more than the results. I mean, results are, are huge, but it's communion. It is time with the Father. And so, um, you know, I talk in the book about you know, when you begin to pray and you start learning to pray and you you read books on prayer, you listen to other people, you start to find this place that all of a sudden it's not just a, a one-sided conversation. It becomes a dialogue and you begin enjoying the communion with the Father as that grows over time. And you love and you love that experience. I still love it to this day. That is still my favorite thing about prayer is that I am spending time with my Father. Now, let me just interject this here. If people uh, are are being honest, at this point, a lot of times I will have people, and I mean, I've had seasoned Christians, Ashley, that have said to me, how do you know you hear him? How, I, I mean, what does that sound like? Now, there are some Christians that are afraid to say that because they feel like that exposes them or makes them seem like they don't really know what they're doing. And I, right. and I always implore people and encourage them, say, look, look, do not be afraid to say that. There are pastors that are pastoring churches of thousands. And I'm not thinking about anybody in particular. I just know because I've heard testimonies of some of these pastors that went their whole life and didn't know if they were hearing God's voice. They were just following what they learned. They believed in the Lord. They had a faith in Christ and, and they knew the word backwards and forwards. 
but did they really understand how to hear his voice? And so one of the biggest keys to having this vibrant prayer life is learning to hear his voice and discern his voice. And, you know, the, the easy, the, we could get very complex. We could do a whole show, uh, which probably one day I'd love to do on how to discern and hear God's voice. But the, 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 the easy way to explain hearing God's voice is God's voice doesn't sound like the voice of Charlton Heston on a movie. God's voice, when in spoken, when it is speaking or spoken within your spirit, often sounds like your own voice. Okay, it is the voice that you hear within the voice of your spirit, but it sounds like the nature of God. It sounds like what God would say. So when I'm encouraging people that are saying, how do you know his voice? Sometimes they're trying to hear this big booming voice or this uh, audible voice, which I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I'll tell them God loves this communion where he speaks, we listen, we speak, he listens, he speaks, and to get a journal and just begin journaling what you're beginning to hear. You will write down stuff that later you'll go, I think that was me, not God, but through it over and over and over again, you'll start to discern it. Just like if somebody went to school to learn uh, how to play a piano and they knew nothing about musical notes, but they kept hearing a note over and over and over again. They know when the wrong note's being played. That's not the right note. They know when that's not being played the right way. They, they, it is repetition. So getting in God's word, which God's word is the tuning fork. God's word is the tuning fork. That is the note sound that you want everything to line up with. But learning to hear his voice, his impressions, um, you know, he speaks through impressions. He speaks within our hearts. So again, I, I could go down a whole trail here. But once people begin to understand of hearing God's voice, then comes the communion state of you spending time with your father. Well, Jesus said, I no longer in John 15, 15, he said to his disciples, I no longer call you servants because now you're my friends. And because you're my friends, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to tell you what the Father is saying. I'm going to teach you what the Father is saying. So when you go from the communion stage of prayer, which is talking back and forth with the Lord, to now you've built a trust with him, and he begins to talk to you in your heart about the things that are on his heart to pray for. Uh, and you know this, Ashley, because we've talked about prayer journeys. We've talked about things that God has put on our heart. And you just knew that you were supposed to, you know, go uh, and pray at that place or go and pray for those things. And so it's it's a progression from just, a, an, an, you know, the first step of reaching out and praying in faith and believing that God's hearing you to communion of of actually talking back and forth to then him revealing things to you. That's really good. Yeah. And I will even add to that what. I love um, <clears throat> about the Lord is that he's so creative and I have found that he speaks in so many different ways too. I mean, he's the creator of the universe. You look at how, I mean, the colors he created, the animals that he created, all of it. And so you see that even in the way that he speaks, sometimes he speaks through visions. Sometimes he speaks through dreams or even through nature, even uh, through numbers, right? You know about that, dad. I know that he 
a lot of times they'll speak to you through numbers and you go, I keep seeing this number over and over and over again. If you, if you um, have repetitive things like that in your life, don't ignore them because a lot of times it's the Lord speaking to you. Um, so yeah, I would encourage you to do the same, exactly what he was saying, get a journal and keep it by your bedside because if you are a dreamer, um, <clears throat> it may very well be that the Lord is uh, speaking to you while you sleep. Um, but again, we expect what you said, which can happen. We can have the audible voice of the Lord, um, but it doesn't always look that way and, and often does not look that way. And so um, it may look like you getting a, a picture. Sometimes people kind of pass those off, like when they get a picture while they're praying, like, oh, that was a weird picture. That must have just been something I was thinking of. No, the Lord can speak through those too. You can um, kind of, you know, see things or maybe colors that you see, um, you know, all kinds of things. So I just, I love that kind of just the way that you come alongside people and help them to hear uh, the voice of God for themselves and just to grow in that uh, face of that just by walking it out. Right. And just practicing, you don't get it right. Every single time uh, you and I have talked about that, you go through your journals from years ago and there's some things where you totally missed it. Right. But there's other things where you did hear him and you've seen those things come to pass, but you only learn his voice by, uh, you know, being around him and in his presence, similar to a mom with her children, right? You hear your, if you hear your children all day long, pretty soon, it doesn't take long for you to be able to pick up their voice out of a crowd when they say mom, you know, and because you are around them all the time. Yeah, so that's, why very, you that's very true. Uh, that's a great illustration. It, it is the more time you spend and, and this may be, and it's okay. Cause I tell people, don't feel guilty about it. Look, the Lord loves you. If you don't know for sure, you hear his voice, just, spend that time talking, listening, writing stuff down. And I've seen people go from, man, I, I just heard this the other day. And then the Lord began to talk to me about this. And it's amazing because once that door is open, it goes from just the 15 minutes of get on your knees and spout out a prayer to a conversation. And that's where all of this really begins. Yes, completely. So why don't you tell us, I'm kind of thinking about when I was writing um, either book, I kind of had an audience in my mind, a specific mom that I was, you know, writing to or a specific woman that I was writing to. Um, and I know that this book is applicable to so many. So really, who did you write it for? Who did God have on your heart when you were writing this book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, finding the right target, you know, uh, is so key. If you're writing a book, uh, you need to know sp specifically who you're writing it for. Uh, and for me, um, I was specifically writing this book for the to the church. I was specifically writing this to the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about uh, those uh, members of the body of Christ that are Christians that know the Lord. And I felt like God was directing me. In fact, I, I will never forget. I was driving to work one day and uh, I was listening to a worship song and the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to write this book. In fact, I'm giving you a mandate to write this book. And this has literally been uh, something that I've written from my experience and what he has spoken to me, but because mainly because he called, but mainly because he's called me to write it. And the people that I wrote it to, are specifically those Christians that really they've never experienced this deeper prayer life. Um, 
they might they may think of prayer in the wrong way. They may think prayer is just some religious act that you do over and over again. Or they may have a lifeless prayer life. Or they may feel like, man, I don't know if my prayers are ever answered. I wrote it to the church because I believe that for the kingdom of God to manifest on earth as Jesus intends, as the Father intends, it is in response to a praying church. It is in response to a church that understands that God has given us the key uh, of prayer. And, uh, you know, I, one of my statements in the book is that God doesn't want us doing stuff for him. He wants us doing stuff with him. That prayer is communion, but it's also partnership. It's a partnership with God. I use an illustration in the beginning of the book, uh, very beginning from Genesis. And one of the earliest pictures of prayer, and if most people might not, see, might not see this in the illustration, but I saw it clearly, is that when God created Adam, he created the animals, but who did he have named the animals? He had Adam name the animals. Okay. Now God could have done it all. He could have said, here's the chicken, here's the lion, but he didn't. He, he did his part, which is what only God could do, which was create them. But he wanted Adam to be part, part of that. So he said, now you're going to name them. And he gave uh, Adam the ability to name them, which also shows that he gave Adam dominion. I want you to be in charge of these animals, so I'm going to let you name them. So the church, I believe the church needs to realize that, um, you know, I say praying for rain, you know, that basically is partnering with and agreeing with God for his plan, his plan to manifest his kingdom on earth as in heaven. So I, I want the church to realize that they have a part to play, that uh, they have a, a significant part to play in prayer. And uh, prayer is more about God getting our attention than it is us getting his. So think about that. God, you know, in Ezekiel, it talks about that he roamed, you know, he looked and he could not find a man to stand in the gap so that he wouldn't destroy the land. So that means he was looking for one man, one person to stand in the gap but he couldn't find that person. So that means that God is looking for his church to step into a place. And I believe that's why when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he taught them the model of what we call the Lord's prayer, because it illustrated the way that we pray and we pray the kingdom in. So again, imagine if I could go to the church, this is what I picture in my mind sometimes, Ashley, as I go, if I could, if I could go to the church and I could actually give everybody a key and they knew that key was going to open a door that was going to allow the kingdom of God to flow into their family, to flow into their workplace, to flow into that church. And they really believed that that key had the power to do that. What would that change? How would that change their life? How would that fill their life with purpose? And, and I'm trying to say to them, you do have that key and that key is prayer. So I wrote it for the church, because the Lord told me to. And I feel like we're in an hour in our world because, you know, the world has never looked darker, you know, in our generation. Uh, you know, you could list all the things. And sometimes you you look at people that are sharing those things and it can get depressing. Well, we have the power. We are We are of a different kingdom, but we're here on earth, but we have a purpose and a plan and it's partnering with him. 
And it's praying for rain. It's praying. I mean, imagine your family and you might see situations. And and yes, it, it isn't automatic that you pray one prayer and it's all fixed in a day. But if you can understand that God has given you a key. Uh, a while back, I was looking at some keys. You know, I love keys and I collect keys. I have more keys probably than anybody. I love keys. But the Lord spoke to me one day and he said, keys won't use themselves. Keys don't open doors by themselves. They have to be used by somebody. And that is the the big thing that I really want uh, from the from the brand new baby Christian to the seasoned Christian that has never broke through in their prayer life that they they hear these things and they're like I don't I don't understand I'm trying to say to them it's really really simple God has given us a key and with that key He's wanting to show us how to open up those doors and when those doors open they will bring change on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, so good. We all need the key. <laughs> we all give us some of your keys, dad. I know you got like a thousand in your office. So <laughs> your grand- <laughs> well, you're talking to them like your grandchildren have keys too, because of your large collection. <laughs> I find them all the time floating around the house. So um, yes. And I love what, what this really does. And you, you talked about this was, um, it kind of changes your perspective to where you're no longer operating in this kingdom, right? It's like almost like your head's in heaven and your feet are on earth. It's like you're here acting, you're you're in motion down here on earth, but your mind, your mindset isn't stuck here. You're, you don't have your mindset on earthly things, but on heavenly things. So really what this does, what my dad shares in this book, what it does is it transforms your mind Um so that then you are able to look at situations through a totally different lens. So when something happens, um, like you have a child that walks away from the Lord or, you know, financial issues, what things that would normally knock you off your feet um, and not that you don't still feel the emotions of it, but all of a sudden you're going, Oh wait, that's right. I don't operate in this kingdom. So I, I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what my bank statement says. I'm going to go to my father um, and I'm going to pull down what he has for me from his kingdom to this kingdom, right? That's just that constant action of, of pulling down from heaven what the Lord has, right? Going, okay, Lord, what do you have? I'm going to pull it down and and being the mouthpiece here on earth to um, declare it and to put set it into motion. Yeah, it's powerful. You think about the um, the quote by John Wesley, one of my favorites in the book, uh, you know, God does nothing except an answer to believing prayer. If that's true, you know, this is the this is the point. If that is really true, and I believe that it's true, and I go into great detail in the beginning of the book, why did God set this up this way? Now, God could just set it up because he's sovereign. He could have said, you know what? I'm going to do what I'm going to do, whether they pray or not. But he did. Right. Okay. He set it up to where he said, there's got to be somebody on the other side. One of my favorite authors uses the illustration of a business check that has two signatures on it. God signs the check, but it has to have a second signature. It has to. And and you begin to see when Jesus was saying to his disciples, things like pray to the Lord of the harvest. I need you to pray to me that I'll send labors. Well, he's a Lord of the harvest and he's all powerful. And he can do anything he wants to do. Why is he saying, I need you to ask me to do that? You go through scripture over and over again, and you start to realize he created a plan that requires us to play our part. So that's why, you know, the subtitle is never underestimate the power and impact of your prayers. 
I, that's probably one of the biggest things that I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to say never, ever, ever uh, est- underestimate that power. And so um, that's that's the wake up call that, you know, really and truly that I'm wanting to do and, uh, you know, within the church. So I know we could talk all day long. Uh, do you, uh, I know we'll have to wrap up here in a second. You have one more question for me. These questions yes. have been great. Well, good. I'm glad you were ready for him too. <laughs> You're always free to talk about prayer. I could ask you anything and you'd be ready. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite chapter in the book? Is there one that really sticks out to you that you're most excited about? Yeah, um, absolutely. My favorite chapter um, is um, the crown, the keys and the sword, the tools God's given us. That um, is really probably one of the most moving and powerful chapters. They're, they're all, I mean, I think about them. I was thinking about this the other day. And obviously that chapter is my favorite chapter. And that will be a book in, in itself because those three things, the crown, the keys and the sword, and I'll tell them to you real briefly. The crown is knowing who we are in Christ. And, you know, it's not, we are going to be, there are five crowns that are awarded at the end of our life, the potential for five crowns. I'm not talking about a physical crown. I'm talking about what does the crown represent? Well, imagine God wants us to experience this uh, relationship with him. That's not just salvation. Salvation is the greatest gift, but salvation is like getting uh, an all expense paid trip to somewhere. So imagine you get an all ex- uh, expense paid trip to Florida. But with that comes tickets to this uh, park, uh, a rental car, restaurant. Imagine you get a prize package. Well, salvation is an incredible gift that we are now eternally saved. But see, sometimes that's all people see is the free trip. They, they're like, hey, one day when I leave this place, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to hell. I'm going to get to go to heaven. Well, it's more than that. It, it is so much more than that. Your nature is new. Your name is new. You have new gifts. You've been given all these gifts. And so what I want to do is help people awaken to the fact that you've been given these gifts. And so the crown is, is understanding that you are no longer uh, just uh, a person on earth that's struggling that one day we'll get to go to heaven. No, you're an heir. You're a joint heir with Christ. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with him, that we are kings and priests unto our God, and that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places now. And so many people don't experience that now. They think I can only experience it in heaven. No, you can experience it now. But see, the devil brings condemnation. He brings guilt. He brings fail. He brings everything possible. You know what he's trying to do, Ashley? He's trying to get us to take our crown off. We don't deserve the crown. I'm not worthy (laughs) of the crown. Well, none of us are. But he's the one who's made us that. The keys, I love the keys because the keys are are mainly through prayer, but they're not limited to prayer. The keys are anything and everything God has given us. And keys do two things. They open and and primarily opening the door to the kingdom of heaven, but they also lock and shut. So what do I mean by that? I'll give you a real quick little illustration. It's like a pastor friend of mine went into a store and gave the clerk a hundred dollar bill because he felt compelled to. She had just lost everything that day. And here it is. He was following the prompting of God to give this gift. And what he did is he took one key, 
with a hundred dollar bill. He's not even thinking about it, but this is a key. He opens the door to the kingdom of heaven because she was so touched that other people in the store got touched. It was like a chain reaction of the grace of God. But he also locked the door of the enemy that was trying to attack her through poverty because of her situation. So all day long, this tongue is a huge key. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So when you can start to understand that God's given you keys, what are you doing with them? Are you not using them? Are you using them wrongly? Uh, and then the sword, the word of God. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. So that chapter actually is going to either become a, a book that will be like a Narnia style book of some sort of adventure of the crown, the keys and the sword. Uh, because I want, I want to make it where it's real because it is real. It's very real, but that is my favorite chapter of all. Um, I love so. it. Please write a Narnia style book. I love that. That's one of our favorites here. Yeah. And, um, I, I will definitely do that. I won't be writing for a little while. I got to take a little break and get back together, but Ashley, thank you so much. For this time, yeah. I'm so proud of you and your books. And I, and in fact, I encourage you guys to check out her book because she prayed. And you can, uh, as you now, you can go to Amazon. My book is available, Praying for Rain under Don Newman. You can pre-order it, and it's uh, it's going to be in a pre-order period for probably three, four weeks, and then when it's uh, goes live, it'll be shipped to you. Uh, but let me share with you, uh, and actually, I'll let you say goodbye here in a second. But I want to share with you a special thing that I'm doing that if you want to help me share the word about the book, Praying for Rain, I want to invite you to be part of my launch team. It's real simple. Go pre-order this uh, on Amazon. Secondly, share with other people that you think could benefit from this, that will encourage them. And the third thing is go back to Amazon and review it once it goes live. So it's pre-order it, share it with other people, and then uh, review it when it goes live. And then what I'd like to do is either send you the ebook files for free or I would send you a signed copy uh, later on for free. No charge to you. Just my thanks for helping me get the word out. What I would have you do is actually send me your order number from Amazon, and then I'll get my publisher to send the free copy out to you. But thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I know we're running out of time. Ashley, any last words you want to say before we close? Get the book. You won't regret it. It is like a guide map to prayer. And I know it's going to encourage so many people. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for tuning in today, living a life worth remembering. Uh, I'll look forward to sharing more about prayer in the future, but uh, you can reach out to me uh, on email if you want to at Don L. Newman, Don L. Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N at yahoo.com. You also, I want to encourage you to go to Coach Don Newman on YouTube. Subcri subscribe to my show, Living a Life Worth Remembering. You also uh, can go to iTunes to Living a Life Worth Remembering. Subscribe there. That way you'll get information. You can reach out to me on YouTube. You can actually put a, uh, a message down below. Give me your contact information, your email. You can also send me a message. But I encourage you to get the book, uh, share it with other people, and, uh, and, and let other people know that they can have a dynamic prayer life with God. God bless you, and thank you so much for tuning in today.